Mr. Pop. Oh, I haven't heard Eartha Kitt's name mentioned in a hundred years, I reckon. I bet you haven't heard Lovelace Watkins for a few years either. <laughs> this is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to Ruck and Roll. Yes, the podcast that sprinkles a little bit of the magic dust of uh, music over a little bit of the uh, the sort of ground in dirt of uh, sport and uh, mixes it all together in a little kind of pot of some description and comes up with uh, this podcast uh, each week. My name's Kevin Hillier. With me is Brian Mannix. Hello, Brian. <laughs> and it's more like the monster from the, uh, the, the Deep Lagoon or something. And uh, the one, the, I know that. We'll just settle down while I introduce our the third member of our oh, ensemble, if you don't apologies. mind. The wonderful my Mr. Apologies. Mark Fine. Hello, Finey. Hey. Hello, Kevin. Uh, Hello, Brian. Hello, Mark. Hope you're well. I am. The, you know they say music the savage beast. Yeah. Yeah. Don't play any music. I want to hear him go savage. <laughs> well, oh. he's off. He's on a very short, a very short fuse, I do believe. Uh, and he's sort of given both of us a bit of a an earful uh, pre-show. But now we're up. We're running. We're on, Brian. What's up with you? Well, I had a terrible ten days. Right. Uh, Mark and Kev, um, and. Um, it's all about freedom of speech, I think. But anyway, <laughs> look, it all started. Now, it's, it's probably no secret that, you know, I've been separated from my wife for 14 months and, you know, whatever. Anyway, the other night, about 10 days ago, my daughter started break down crying and said, Dad, I've got to tell you. I said, well, yeah, tell me. She said, Mum's got a new fella. And I go, oh, okay. And I said, well, you know, I broke it off, you know, I've got to deal with this shit. I think my ego's incredibly dented. Um, I think my heart's okay. But anyway, I saw a picture of the new fella. It's like trading in a Rolls Royce for a Volkswagen. It's like, my God. So that hurt. So anyway, I posted a picture of a really good Rolls Royce and a Volkswagen because that's what it is. The Rolls Royce been replaced by a Volkswagen. And I got my daughter going freaking berserk. Take it down. Which only makes me want to put it up more, so I've just put it back on again because I'm not going to be told how to feel and how to react and that sort of shit. So that was bad enough. But that leads into the next one. And you want to have a go and I'll come up back to the next point. No, no, no. Go on. So Wednesday morning, I get these phone calls from some number I don't know. I'm in bed. It's, you know, 10.30. Who rings you at that time of the day? And... I just ignore them. Then there's a knock at my door. And I open the door, and here's two coppers. And I go, oh, Jesus. And here's me in my jocks and my I Am God T-shirt wearing my dressing gown. So it's not a great start. No. So they say, Brian Manning? And I go, yeah. And they go, step outside. So I step outside, and I'm in the I Am God T-shirt. They want to get outside. I say, there's four coppers there. And I go, wow, what's all this about? And they go, um, you're on Twitter last night saying stuff about Dan Andrews. And, you know, I've just woken up. I can't remember what I did. I was pissed the night before. I said, oh, and I was pissed. What did I say? I figured I must have threatened to kill him or something. But they, they go, I said, oh, what did I say? I said, the firearm involved. And I go, ah, oh, 
freaking hell, now I remember. So I've been making this movie with my daughter, and I've got this plastic gun, and it looks pretty real. But, you know, because I had the movie, I always get the gun out. So I'm sitting there late at night, pissed out of my mind, and, you know, I get on Twitter and I say stuff like, I just had a sleep, and then I'll write, hashtag F Dan Andrews. And yep. I just had a lovely meal, hashtag F Dan Andrews. So, and then after I asked Gladys out to um, dinner, and I said, I'd like to take you to dinner, I'd like to take you to dancing, and I'd like to hit Dan Andrews. So I got kicked off Twitter for that. So I'm on the Dan Andrews hit list. So anyway, I get out there, there's four coppers. They start talking to me about, you know, my Twitter and the shit and the thing. By the time I look around, there's six coppers because later on I check that my side gates up. They had four at the front and I got two at the back of my house in case I do a runner. So then they say to me, um, so what I did was basically I rolled up my sleeve and pretended that like someone was holding a gun to my head and I said, I think Dan Andrews is the best Premier of Victoria's ever had. I think he's doing a great job. Help me! And then it's the video stuff. Because, you know, the only way I would say something nice about Dan Andrews is if there was a gun held to my head. Wow. The police didn't see it that way. They, um, well, obviously the Dan Andrews red flag people had rung the cops. And this is the thing. The cops want to know whether I was going to commit suicide because I've got a gun to my head. Well, I said, well, it shouldn't have looked like my hand. They said, well, I can tell it was yours. And I said, oh, well, I must have got the angle wrong. And I assure them that I'm not going to commit suicide, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, if I was, you're about seven hours too late, so that's no good. And then if you're going to, you know, if I've got a firearm and I might risk to the freaking public, wouldn't you send in a SWAT team or something? Next thing, I've got eight coppers at the freaking house, and they're telling me that I might get summons, and I'm thinking... Too stupid to ask on what charge. The best I can come up with is, you know, public nuisance. But to me, it's just like politicising the flicking police. They're doing a great job. But if I can't have a joke on Dan Andrews' behalf and they're going to send the police around to my flicking house, what a freaking communist, freaking Chinese, freaking Russian state we're living in. So that's my freaking weekend on Fucking furious. Well, I can understand yeah. your point. Well, just one thing I do want to say is um, the oh, uh, the police were just doing obviously what their job is. So, um, yeah. And, and at, no sta- at no stage of you you said anything ill about the police there. So I don't want anyone. No, to be no, manu- no, no, I don't, want, I, I, I don't want anyone to manufacture that that's what you've done because you haven't said that. No, at all. no. I have total respect for the police, but whoever tipped them off and said that I was a danger to somebody. I just think is just, you know, some asshole. And, you know, once again, you know, you know, freedom of speech, you know that scene in Goodfellas where they're in the jail and the guy's getting the um, the razor blade and he's just carefully slicing off bits of the garlic to make the perfect lasagna. Well, that's what freedom of speech is like. They're just carefully slicing off little bits of your freedom of speech and before you know it, it's like your balls with a woman. They just slice them off bit by bit, and before you know it, you've got no balls and you've got no freedom of speech. I can't take it anymore, Kev. Yeah, it's um, uh, in- interesting. I um, 
Social media is a really interesting beast in the way that people interpret it. And that, and that, for me, that's always been the difference between why it has never been a big thing in my life the way it is in some other people's life, because I just interpret it for what it is. I don't, I don't look for a whole lot of, uh, you know, I, I, I would see something. I didn't see this post that you're talking about with, uh, with the gun and stuff. And I would have seen it as satire. Everybody would have seen it as satire. If the cops didn't see it as, you know, they've got to be seen to doing something. If my other mate is a cop and said, look, they've got to be seen to be doing something about it. But if they really thought that I was a menace, they should have sent a SWAT team in, they should have slammed me to the ground, held me up against the wall, because I, they could have knocked the door, and if I was a madman, I could have shot three of them before they got me. Yeah. You know, it was just bullshit, because... Well, and you know they're doing a great job. Well, let's be honest. Maybe they knew that you weren't that, but they had to. They had to tick that well, box. One of, well, one of them used to come along to all of the gigs, oh, and then the, the eighth guy that came, I think he just lobbed up to have a chat. He's a good bloke, <laughs> but um, you know he's got up right. Man, oh yeah, I would mind having a chat to him. I know a mate of, and but yeah, just shit out. So just you know, it's bad enough. I've, my ego's freaking dented because I haven't worked for freaking. Two years, and then I've got, you know, the only creative outlet I've got. I've got the cops coming to shut me down, and my daughter freaking saying, "Get that off thing." It's like, ah, oh, fuck off, everybody. All right, use well, my language. No. <laughs> Finey, you there? You there, Finey? Oh, I'm here. <laughs> um, what do you make of that, Finey? I, I would say Brian Mannix is the only person I've ever met that would say. Who in the fuck knocked on the door at 10.30 in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you who it is. It's the bloody police. And they're doing a great job, but whoever sent them here, they're a bunch of freaks. I was just thinking, what a bloody lot. You know, three days a week, I'm up at 5 a.m. to take oh. my son to work. Yep. And yeah, you know, that's a pain in the ass because he's he's right to get his license. So we logged on, and the earliest we can go for it, bloody marks or something. Oh, really? Because it's a backlog. Oh, uh, yeah. okay, yeah, of course, of course. Well, it's a backlog yeah. with everything. Well, so, well, I'm I'm sorry you had such a shitty week, Brian, but uh, you know it's all 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 little life experiences. Well, the beauty of it is, Kev, is that. I think, you know, it's really rock bottom now, and the only way is up. You know, the tide is definitely at its lowest. Right. If I just hang in there, I know that that ocean's going to come back in and it'll be high tide before I know it. Absolutely. Hey, that gun thing's interesting. I remember we uh, one year were coming back from America and uh, I'd bought uh, my, my, my son, uh, Bo, mm-hmm. a, 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 like a – a gun. I don't know whether we'd bought it at Disneyland or one of the other places, but it it uh, it was in our in the baggage because I packed in the bag. So I thought, oh, the last thing you want to do is have a kid walking through a, a bloody you know international airport with a with a gun that looks fairly real, even though to me it always looked like a toy gun. But it actually, you know, it was made out of wooden stuff, so it looked fairly real. Um, and it was in the bag, and when the bag went through the uh, thing. Lights went off and buzzers went and all sort. And I had to I had to walk the gun. They they took it out of the baggage. I had to walk the gun from the baggage uh, area all the way down and check it in. So I'm walking through the bloody 
um, LA International Airport with this little short gun um, uh, by my side walking through with people just sort of looking at me like, uh, you know, I was an extra in an Arnold Schwarzenegger film, to walk up to the thing and check it through as hand luggage, so, which still but, to, still to this it day. It wasn't in the bag. You just got it in your hand. Well, it was in the it was in the bag, but then they told oh, me right. I, then they told me it couldn't go through the bag because it had to be checked in because when it when it got to wherever we were coming home, I think or going to Hawaii, yeah. I can't remember that they would have seen that in the bag and freaked out. So it had to go through hand luggage, and we had to take it well, on as hand luggage. Of course it does. How are you going to hijack the plane if it's in your, in your <laughs> luggage? You yeah. need to be on, on board with you. Okay, it wasn't a perfect plan, but you know it nearly worked. <laughs> well, <laughs> You think it's a DJ, Kevin. <laughs> you know why you're a DJ? Why is that funny? Well, anybody else, I was walking through the airport, walking through LA, walking through LAX. There I was walking through LA International Airport. <laughs> That's where the big jet engines roll. That's correct. Right. That's one of your favourites, bro. Uh, oh, I love it. Can't get enough uh, of it. So I've got, it's been the only yeah. salvation of my week, that song. <laughs> I've got, I've got a, I too have a gun story. What have you done? Oh, good. Well, when I was a kid back many years ago, you know, we had a school bus that used to pick us up. So we're all on the school bus, and I was a bit of a terror. And I would have been, uh, what, form one or form two, but the, the couple of kids in form six were bus captains. And they could be pretty, pretty much assholes. So there was a kid, this was late in the year, I remember, um, they were in the school play. And I, they were chatting, you know, and we're a few seats from the back. And they had, they, one of the props was a gun. And they were taking it home for the weekend. They had rehearsal somewhere out of school. And they showed me the gun. I thought, see, that's, that's a bloody good fake gun. So I grabbed it and I walked up the back of the bus. And the bus captain was Larry Blody. Stuck in this sort of back of my pants, like from I think Hill Street Blues. I picked that up on. Yeah, it on. <laughs> I peeled out the gun. I said, "Get up, Blody!" <laughs> and he had the stock of his life. He stood up, <laughs> and I peeled the gun. And I said, you know, hang on, wait a minute. You peeled the gun. <laughs> you, know how you, you know how you peel the gun sort of out? No, you want to cock it or something. No, I sort of, you know, no, but I peeled it out the back of my pants. Oh, okay. Right, oh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right. Got it now. Since it, since it wasn't copper. Um, and, <laughs> you know, he'd been picking on us younger kids all year, whatever. <laughs> and I said to him, get on your knees. <laughs> what? Oh, now the problem was as he was getting on his knees, one of the stupid friggin' girls in form four or form five was yelled out at the top of her voice, He's got a gun! Oh <laughs> And the bus driver must have looked at his rear mirror scene and slammed the brakes off. <laughs> Anyhow, I know it was dead near, near the end of the school year because of course, I was reported back to the school and whatever. Mm. <laughs> and I, was, I was banned from the bus for the rest of the year. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, he was banned from the bus 
until he got the gun back and he just went into the driver and said, I'm getting on, mate. I'm getting on, pal. Wow. Did you get – did you have the police or anything over that? No. I mean, those were, those were more serious times. It was a bloody serious thing to do. I remember Larry Blady tumbling forward as the bus broke. I thought that was funny. <laughs> Uh, yes, we had a couple of bus uh, captains when I was uh, going to school who, who took great delight in just being basically bloody bullies, um, and I'm sure yours were the same. Absolutely, and you know what? Well, when I and I eventually it became my turn to be bus captain, and I was the worst of a lot. <laughs> yeah, no great surprise there. No great surprise. You came on the bus. With an RPG that kept them <laughs> under control. Uh, the sort of the school teacher who was head of buses was an ex army general called Don Seaman. Don Seaman? Felix. That was oh. a great name. What, what yeah. school teacher? This is at school. It's Sergeant Felix. Oh. He, he, he kept his rank when he was a school teacher. How do you and do he that? Was well, he just thought it was more impressive, I guess. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Um, and he was feared by all of us. Yeah. I cannot tell you how much he loved me. Oh, really? Because of the eye and hand with which I ruled at my butt. There were two girls that got on our bus, and I sort of got on later than everybody else. And they were actually, well, let me just say, they were twins, and I really feel bad about this now. When you were first named a Pearl and a Cena, they were sort of different to other kids. Let me just say that. Pearl and Athena. Yeah. Let me just say they were highly they were very clever girls and they were you know, they were sort of artistic and in the school plays and whatever. Nowadays you say they're really interesting kids. But to me they were just weirdos. <laughs> right. And I remember, well, well, I got this. What happened? And I, you put a gun to their head. I used to, I used, I used to have a song for Pearly called "Pearly, Pearly, What a Pretty Girly." But a, a female I referred to as a motherfucker, and he reported me to John Seymour. Oh, and what did and what and, did the Lieutenant General who loved you so much? How did he react to that? Well, he pulled us both aside. The stuff came to school and. He said, Mark, Athena is highly offended as a term you use. And he said, Athena, say, uh, what is that term? And she oh. sort of blushed. She said, I'd rather not. I'd rather not. Say the word, Athena. We can't, we can't go any further until you tell me in front of Mark what offends you. And she finally summons the courage. Mm, Motherfucker. Mm. And he said, Athena, do you realise in the United States it's not the f***er that offends us, but it's the mother. <laughs> it has been abbreviated just to mother. <laughs> and she said, pardon? And he said to me, and he had this sort of wind in his eye, he said, uh, so, fine, drop the word mother. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I will, sir. I'm sorry. And as we walked away in full earshot of him, I said, Athena, you are a <laughs> well done, uh, and they uh, all and they all lived happily ever after. Uh, goodness, you know me. what they did? 
Now, what did they do? The school put them on another bus. <laughs> right, fair enough too. Uh, probably should have, you know, probably should have, you should have been stripped of your rank, I would have thought, as bus captain at least and, you know, busted down to a, a corporal or something. Yeah, no, no, I was loved. I used to walk up and down that bus. In fact, I used to um, go horse riding on weekends. I loved horse riding. And I wanted to bring my riding crop onto the bus. But I got on well enough with Sergeant Phoenix. So I asked him first. And he said, if it was up to me, Mark, certainly. But uh, I don't think that would go down too well with top brass. You watched way too much Hogan's Heroes in your youth. Um, (laughs) Fine. Goodness gracious me. It was good fun. Yes. Did you have a little bus captain uh, badge? Yes, we did. Yes. I I didn't wear it. Yes, no, no that's. No, I, wanted to, I wanted to have an armband. Oh, oh <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really. No. So you wanted an armband <laughs> as you walked up and down the butt to get snarling Alsatians and burning books. Is that how it went? <laughs> oh, yeah, no worries. And, and uh, I don't know if you know Melbourne, and the name of the school was Mount Stapleton College, so it's a Jewish school, so it didn't go down all that well. No. Wouldn't have thought so, Mark. Fine. I wouldn't have thought so. I see nothing. (laughs) I used to say this. There are two ways we can have this. This bus trip home can go two ways. I used to say that the little one's up the front. (laughs) It can go quickly and quietly or it can't go at all. (laughs) And I had the bus drives on the side. Every other bus would leave the bus park and went out and just standing there oh. until some poor kid did his shoelaces up or something. <laughs> it make a good movie. Oh. Bus captain. <laughs> it, it, you know what? <laughs> I, I, it's funny, it's an underrated because we had a lot of buses that went in our school. I mean, a lot of kids called public buses, but our school had their own sort of bus, bus system. It would make a good movie. Yeah. yeah our, own good. Bus, our own bus. Had it all, and I'm telling you, it'd be an R-rated. It would be an R-rated movie. The stuff that used to go on the back of the buses. Yep, absolutely. The back seat. That, that was your whole life was waiting to get onto the back seat. <laughs> yes, it was. Well, so once you became bus captain, it became the back water bed. Just <laughs> freaking orgy bus. <laughs> Things that, Brian. You know what they say? I don't. I used to say, what happens on bus 23 stays on bus 23. (laughs) There's another movie. It's called Bus 23. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what happens on bus 23, but nobody does. Yeah, Yeah, that'd be be good. Bus 23. Come in. Yeah, when when I was younger on that bus, I stood up. We were coming around a corner somewhere in about South Oakley, and there's a guy standing against, you know, the corner shop, one, the end stop always is at the brick wall going down the side street. And yeah. we noticed that there was this guy every day at like 4.15 or whatever time we went past there, was always standing on there having a cigarette. And I waited and waited. And they had really small windows up the top and I had an apple. And it was just the most brilliant throw of scondip. Nice. And the bus driver saw it. There were two blonde kids on the bus. I was blonde when I was young. Me and Pete Rubenstein. And then uh, the beast off the bus. Peter Ravenstein, come up, my friend. <laughs> I saw you throw the apple, blah, blah, blah. 
No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. And the big punishment is you didn't get kicked off the bus for the rest of the year or the turn. You had to sit on that little seat next to the bus driver. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Ruben said, for years afterwards, I'll tell you even now, he goes, well, why didn't you ever own up, you bastard? <laughs> didn't you? Well, did, he wanted, did you let well, him cop, to, you, cop the fall for that completely? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he goes, yeah. look at me. It must, have been, it must have been fine. It must have been fine. <laughs> I turned around and said, what, what did I do? What, what did I do? Get out, Ruben said, I saw it was you. <laughs> Your word against mine, Pete Sandler. This does sound like a, 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 an episode of Yes What um, <laughs> many, many years ago. Uh, goodness. Just changing the subject a bit, just a little bit of an update for you both. Oh, here we go. We spoke about Joe Biden pooping on the Pope, pooping his pants with the Pope. We spoke about him farting on Princess Charles and Camilla. I've just heard that he's pissed all over the Queen now. I'm just serious <laughs> with this bloke. He's just gone too far. Oh goodness! All right, man. back to the back to the show, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what we've been the, doing for half an hour? It's the quiz, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, it's the queen. Yeah, she doesn't like it. I don't like Look, it. No, no, no. It's the queen. She wouldn't have a normal tower. It has to be a, a golden oh, tower. Stop it! Stop it! Wow. All right, now. All right. Let's uh, let's talk some business. Let's so the T twenty uh, the T twenty grand final where the world champions will get to bask in the glory of that for all of eleven months because the next T twenty world championship is uh, this time next year here in Australia uh, with games uh, seven or eight different venues. They'll announce the fixture properly in a couple of weeks' time, but uh, they've announced there'll be six games at uh, GMHBA Stadium in Geelong and games at the G and games in uh, Tassie and that. So, um, well done. I, I confess that I watched uh, the f- the first half at store that uh, uh, I thought New Zealand posed a pretty handy total and then when Aaron Finch holed out and we were one for not many, I thought I don't think Mitch Marsh is the man for the job. So I turned the television off and went to bed to wake up to us being world champions and Mitch Marsh being the man of the match. Did you watch it all, Finey? Yep. Yeah, I did. You know, these tournaments start in Australia. No matter what, Australia's always second, first favourite or whatever. Mm. And so it was the same thing here when it started. And I thought, you know, this default setting to Australians just winning these things or being the best bet, it's just not going to happen. And a couple of games in after we got annihilated by England, I was thinking, you know, some people just think we're just always going to win. Mm-hmm. And we bloody won. Mm. Well, I, I think if you refer to last week's show, fellas, mm. you might find that I predicted Australia would win. Was that right? You might find that. I'm not quite sure, but I think you might find that. Oh, I know. When you listen back, you'll find that I, I said that it would be a uh, Pakistan-New Zealand final. So I was. Oh, really, yeah, I did. I yeah, did. And you too. So I was really on the money. I didn't think – I I, th- I thought we bowled rubbish at the start. I thought we looked we, – we just didn't look on and then uh, then we fought back and then I thought we actually kept – I thought they were going to get somewhere 190 at one stage. Um I didn't think I didn't think we'd be able to chase it down. I take my hat off to Mitch Marsh. He, uh, I think, the first three balls he scored uh, was it a four, six, and a four or something like that. Um, and uh, David Warner, the player of the series, take my hat off to him too. Yeah, good on him. Amazing. Good on him. Eh? Yeah, good on him. Uh, you know what I like? 
you know what I love? So this what? is how I picture Brian's life. He gets up at 11.30, there's a half-drunk bottle of something next to the bed. He's in his gloss and his offensive T-shirt. <laughs> Got to be like door. a dartboard with a Dan Andrews picture on it. <laughs> <laughs> he walks around, trips over the cat, picks out the father. Yeah, this is Brian. What do you like in the cup? Picks the winner, picks the second horse. Goes back at another beer a week later. Who's going to win the World Cup? I don't know. Australia will take their feeling. He's a sporting guru in a, in a day. Well, it's funny you mentioned the Melbourne Cup because I remember I predicted, I said 4-3-8. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But afterwards, I forgot that I said that. And I thought I'd said 4-3-1 and 2. Yep. So I backed a box trifecta with 4-3-1 and 2. And, of course, I've got the trifecta in the Melbourne Cup. It only paid about 180 bucks. It's kind of crap. Anyway. So, yeah, because yeah. I, I know you, you rang me and said, I, I, I got the trifecta. And I said, no, you missed it. You had the number eight in. You said, no, no, I got it. And I, uh, I later thought you must have backed different numbers to the numbers that you gave because you got the Quinella certainly, but you didn't. Uh, yeah, missed. I forgot I forgot what I'd predicted. I just made up, just pulled numbers out of the top of my head. I had no idea, like what Spidey was suggesting. I've got no idea what I'm talking about, but I just pulled numbers out out of my ass, and they sometimes come up. Yeah. Like when I was doing the South African races with you, Kim, I picked six winners one night. <laughs> yes, you did. Had no idea. Yes, you did. That's what, all right, so that's, what, that's the movie. That's like, like one of those crappy American movies in the 80s. It'll be like, the, the movie will be called... Um, like you know, 23. No, no, that, that, that's, the, that's on the drive-in after oh, Emmanuel... Three. After Emmanuel, this is one of those movies where you're played by Rick Moranis or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. But it's one of those sort of it's, it's a kids' teen movie, but we all remember it. It'll be called, um, you know, um, I don't know. Genius in a whiskey bottle or something. <laughs> it's worked out that you can pick every every sporting result, whatever you know, as long as you can get. Yeah, as, yeah, as long as you. As, that's right. It's a, it's a certain brand of whiskey that you've got to always yeah. see. The Melbourne Cup's on. Quick, get him a bullet, Johnny Walker Red. He's got Black Douglas. It's never going to work. Russ, we've only got ten minutes right. to put the bet on. Yeah, and the and the whole movie is listen to this. That your wife left you because you're a piss pot, right? <laughs> and it all climaxes, right? That, 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 like everything, you've got everything riding on this last set, but you wanted your missus back. So you substituted the whiskey in the bottle for like ginger ale or something. Ah. And, ah. and all, the, all the evil bastards that, that were exploiting you and ruining your liver yeah. for their own purposes. Uh huh. You know, for the first time in your life, you're clear-headed, and the thing your tip runs last. <laughs> but oh, but the boat, the Volkswagen gets replaced, and, and you have <laughs> take the Rolls Royce back, and and everything's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. It, it sounds like a good. I was thinking though that you know, like the magic feather when Dumbo flew. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Yep. Rick Moranis playing me would sort of be going. Now I need the scotch to do it. And then they give him some scotch replacement. 
and he'd drink that and he wasn't even getting pissed, but he still could do it. He didn't need the scotch at all. Uh, oh, that's uh, the other yeah, that uh, is the just, other way. That it's just yeah, that is that, yeah. yeah, that is it. You, you were a genius after all, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Just, no one will buy it. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I think Finney's is a much more believable piece of bullshit. Oh, look. <laughs> but oh, I, yeah. I've decided it's not Rick Moranis who's going to play you. Yeah, who is Michael it? Michael J. Fox. No, I, I, I remember I saw this movie, the Computer Ward Tennessee's or something. Bert Russell. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like... That's more you, isn't it? Like a little, a little sort of late Garrett lookalike. Well, me and Ken can have a word to Mickey Dolan and see if he's in the in up to the role. I've got, I've got a suggestion. I reckon, mm. I, I reckon, yeah. I reckon the and as he was in this role, and it has to be as he was in this role. It can't be any of the other stuff he's done because he he looks too um, sort of sophisticated. But Sean Penn, as he was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, would be you. Me? Yeah, I reckon. Spicoli. Ooh, okay. Remember Spicoli in Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I reckon because I know Chris, your brother, Brian, uh, Sean yeah, Penn's yeah. older brother would be perfect for, for Chris's role. So you can actually have the brothers playing brothers. I get Billy Connolly to play my brother, but um, oh, geez, Billy Connolly and your brother, yeah, that's a good match. Well, we're at lunch. We're at lunch up at the local pub with my uncle and stuff, and this guy comes up and he goes, "Geez, you look like Brian Manning. and I go, "Yeah, I hear that a bit." And he goes, "Hey, can I get a photo of you?" So I'll tell everybody it's Brian Manning. and I go, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> and you know, he's still a, so I get the photo and he goes, "Oh, yeah." Then he sees me, brother, he goes, hey, you look like Billy Connolly. Can I get a photo with you? And so my brother said, it was Billy Connolly. So he thought I was a lookalike and, yeah, so it's interesting. That's very there funny. Sorry, I had a mouthful of tea. Um, that's very funny. Uh, your brother does look like Billy Connolly too. Uh, yeah, he does. All right, so we've covered the T20 uh, and, I mean. By, oh, by the way, Brian, I've got good news for you. I don't know why, I'm but in this movie. In the movie, oh, and I've yeah. got no idea what your ex looks like, but it's played by a young Angie Dickinson. A young Angie Dickinson. I think that I'm, I'm quite happy with that for casting. Pepper Anderson. Yeah. Um, either that or Eartha Kitt. Eartha <laughs> Kitt. Oh, you can't do that because it's an Aussie movie and Eartha Kitt's a rhyming slang like a con Brit. <laughs> right, okay. Eartha's Eartha out. I'm going for an Eartha. Well, you know, I think having a black American player out back Aussie would be kind of funny. Uh, Eartha Kitt. Eartha Kitt. Where did you pull Eartha Kitt from, for goodness sake? I've got a picture of her on my wall. I see her every day. I I, can't stop thinking about it. I haven't heard Eartha Kitt's name mentioned in 100 years, I reckon. I bet you haven't heard Lovelace Watkins for a few years either. (laughs) No. The man with the worst rug I think I reckon I've ever seen. Oh, I've got a picture of him up on the wall as well. So you know who play, You know who plays the Volkswagen. <laughs> oh, they got an optic to play the Volkswagen. Um, I've already cast it too late. Oh, I was going to go for Sylvester Stallone after the fight. But, okay, what do you got? Sad Morgan. Oh yes. In trouble with the law and in trouble with his debt. Uh, all right. Now, listen, you two, we need to move on to our chart. Is there any other bits of, <laughs> any other bits of business? Uh, I would just sh- like to apologise. Surely there couldn't be any more. 
Let me just apologise for being so furious on today's show. Mm. I know that neither of you have heard me ever be this angry before, and I forget the vibe that I've scared people. So I just want to calm my fury so that know that everybody's safe. I don't have my plastic gun anymore. The cops took it away. So if you're a New Zealand cricketer, all you would have done is you just would have punched your bat. That would have been the end of it and you could have just walked off and it would have been over and done with. But no, you had to do... Hey, Ken, you can't be talking about punching your bat on this. Kids <laughs> might be listening to this show. Oh, it's a bit late for that. <laughs> you know, you get out in the middle of the MCG and you start punching your bat, well, don't worry about eight coppers at my joint. There'll be a lot more there. Ruth! <laughs> Hey, speaking of punching your bat, <laughs> slapping the monkey or polishing the bishop, what are we talking about? Go, no, Marty, no. Uh, this is serious. You know, there's a sport at the Olympic Games. It's been there for 100 years. Yeah. And there is, a, I don't know if they're dropping the sport or dropping this bit out of the sport. You know the modern pentathlon? Is that the one where yeah. they run around and shoot things and... Yeah, and ride horses. Yeah. Well, because of the Olympics this year, one of the competitors punched her own horse. Oh. They're dropping the equestrian out of it. Out of the oh. pentathlon? Yeah. Well, similar with the decathlon because somebody punched their back and now they've got the masturbation segment of the, um, oh, the decathlon. Oh, jeez. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh. No, I remember there was a South Australian jockey got in trouble for punching his horse. He wouldn't yeah. go in the barrier. I remember that. There was a, there was yeah. an enormous stink over that. He uh, was a good young uh, jockey. Too. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Yeah. Well, they uh, make a movie about him called Horse Puncher. This time, <laughs> the Horse Whisperer. Now yeah. the Horse Puncher. He was. Uh, he was puncher. from a. He was a. Uh, was a well-known racing family. He was from my memories. It was his name. Clinton or Clayton or something like that. Yeah, can't um, write, can't yeah, write? they've dropped. They've dropped. Yeah, maybe. So I think Boxy. that's it. That was on Bonanza. No, not Bonanza's cart, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know that character, Hot Puncher yes. Cart, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, well-known um, character. Yeah, and by the way, you know that movie Horse Puncher that you're talking about. Yeah, I'm just going to see it on Thursday. <laughs> I'm telling you that there is a movie. And it is absolutely, it is a full-on, it was only made like three years ago. And I'm not saying whether you should see it or not. It's, it's a really full-on movie called Donkey Punch. Right. Sounds <laughs> uh, It sounds X-rated uh, to me. No, it's not, but it's a, it's a serious movie. And Donkey Punch is... Well, you can look it up. It's a very serious thing. Oh, okay. I will. Well, I'll tell you, after the Horse Puncher, a sequel to it was a kung fu movie yeah. featuring the horse. It was called Hooves of Steel. Hooves Enter of the horse. Steel. Enter the horse. Hooves of Steel, Enter the Horse. Enter the Horse. Yeah, I'll tell you good. what, oh, you don't. reckon Bruce Lee does kung fu good. You want to see when a horse does it. That's far more impressive. Yes. Right. Now, can't all be gold. <laughs> no, it's just just letting the ball bounce until it finished bouncing on the court and then when it stopped bouncing, uh, just moving to the next step. Now, we do have well, to... And God be concentrated on 
first part of that boozy, yeah. not the second Thank part. Thank you. Of That's name. why I let it bounce and hit the floor. Okay. Okay. We're heading to the three XY chart for uh, March the twenty fourth, nineteen seventy eight. Where were you, Brian, in March of seventy eight? Um, I was in year eleven. Um, I was at St Bernard. Um, I think they stopped strapping us by that stage. Um, and yeah, I was having a, a fairly good time in 1978. Not too bad. Um, girls were starting to become a bit more interested. Well, no, they were starting to become a little bit more interested in me because I was just a short ass that looked like their little brother. But no, <laughs> 78, good year. Okay. Where were you, Finey? Year what? Um, I would have been for um, two, was I? Something like that. I was not far away from pulling a gun on Larry Blading. <laughs> Working that up would happen it. at the end of the year. <laughs> when you punch in your bat, you reckon? <laughs> I'll tell you what, I was, I was so into cricket and footy, though, playing it and watching it. Yeah. Yep. Both All right. Are. And I was doing, I was, what was I doing? So I was doing nights, I think, or drive on uh, on 4 OP in Brisbane. So there you go. So I played all these songs. Some of them I enjoyed right. playing, some of them I didn't. What was your thoughts when you saw the chart first up, Brian? Well, I don't mind this chart. Like last week, it was really hard to find songs that were good. You just sort of had to get mediocre ones and say, well, that's the best that's here. Whereas this week, um, I kind of, I reckon I could probably pick, I don't think any of them are great, but I think that there's plenty that I'd be happy to listen to. Yep. So it was it was a much better chart than last week for me. Funny. I liked it. This really was... Um, the birth of my loving, yeah, I, I like music, but this was me starting to go out and buy my own singles, and I oh, loved it, loved it. Okay, all right. I, I've got, I've got a, a big list of good ones, a slightly smaller list of bad ones, and a and a list that I call the kind of, oh yeah, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a bad song, and it wasn't a good song. It was okay, and if I heard it, I wouldn't uh, scream and yell. Um, but I also wouldn't necessarily want to hear it again anytime soon. And that's yeah. that's that's you know a lot of the songs on that haven't haven't uh, bothered me whether I've heard them or not heard them again. So please, Brian, yeah, start us off under under house arrest. What have you got? And we got an enormous amount of uh, feedback on uh, on both uh, Twitter and uh, and Facebook over this, which I'll. I'll Filter in in the next 20 minutes or so as we do this. What do you got for us, Brian? Number three. Okay. Okay. I'm going to say my good one, and this is going to surprise people, but I actually like Nobody Does It Better by Carly Simon. Oh, yeah. Um, the James Bond song, um, it's not exactly my cup of tea, but enjoyed that song. So I'm going to say Carly Simon, Nobody Does It Better, sitting in at number six. And for my worst, I'm going to go for, it's not a horrible song, it's Love is Thicker Than Water by Andy Gibbs, and it's not dreadful, but it just sounds like a song that the Bee Gees had left over and said, here, Andy, you can have this one. It's it's like a really mediocre Bee Gees song, and poor old Andy, I thought he deserved better than that, so he's my third worst. Okay, yep. Yeah, I wasn't a big rap for that. The Andy Gibbs songs in my list of ones. If I heard it again, I go okay. But if I don't hear it again ever, I won't lose any sleep yeah. over it. 
And Carly Simon, that was uh, that was that was the Bond kind of sedu- at its seductive best, I reckon. Big, big production song, really, really good song. I like that one. Yeah, I like Bond songs. They're yeah, good. me too. Yeah, I always have to for the most part. There's, of recent times, I haven't liked a lot of them, but uh, the, uh, the the Shirley Bassies and all those things, they were all good songs. Oh, right. Finally, what have you got for me at uh, at number three? Good and bad. I reckon Brian has had a terrible week. And I know that there was something in this chart that was oh. absolutely so offensive to the, the poor fella. Yep. It's going to be my yep. number one. How dare Randy Newman? How dare he? So, short people. Is you good or you you're know, bad? In bad. Okay. Imagine if you, that song was called Fat People. Got no reason to live. You know. If people talk about discrimination and shit, and you know, it was oh, you know, the women, the, all the blacks, the, the Asians, the refugees. Uh, well, short people is absolutely, totally offensive to me. It's like you're belittling people because of their physicality, and to me, that's a form of racism. You know, you can't bag people because of how they look. They right. can't help it, and and I think that's just. Oh, I'll get another one with Steve. That's just... Now, Brian... Yeah, I, I mean, I've got to say, no. it was a nasty song because we had short kids in our class and I was one of them until I was 14, like really short. Um, you know, maybe that's why I put the gun on Blady. But that, it's got a line in it, so people got no re- you know, got no reason to live. That's pretty yeah. long. Yeah, if you said that about any other group of people, you'd be in all sorts of bother. But, you know, it's short people Good on you. get away with that. No, he can go and get stuffed. Okay. Oh, oh, I told you he wouldn't like it, Kevin. Mm, no, you're right. Uh, you're right, funny. You're full on the money there. So what's the number three in your good pile? Well, I actually really liked this song. Originally, it wasn't in my good pile, but I thought about it. But after Brian's story, about the coppers coming to his door. Do you remember how he told it? Mm-hmm. There were two coppers, there were four, then there were six, then there were eight. Yep. Yep. So it's got to be two, four, six, eight motorway. <laughs> <laughs> the, t- the Tom wow. Robinson band. Yeah, good song. Yeah, it was good fun. And as he was counting up those coppers, I thought, <laughs> replace motorway with. Two, four, six, eight coppers here. Yeah, we've got a song. Cutting down to get my plastic done. We got two, four, six, eight. Very good. Blue light lines. All right. Okay. That's good. That's a good call, Bonnie. I like it. Yep. What about you, Kavana? My number three bad is an Australian thing, and I don't necessarily like bagging Australian music, but I have to make an exception in this case because it's bloody awful. A little band out of Sydney. I I, uh, I couldn't remember – well, I thought I remembered the song and then I uh, thought, no, I better have a listen to it. So I, I dialed the clip up on YouTube and was subjected to a 30-second you-can't-skip-the-ad prostate commercial, which was most uh, enlightening uh, and had pretty much the same effect on me as the, uh, as the song. Now, then I discovered on doing a little research that it's actually a Mick Jagger, Keith Richards song, which surprised the hell out of me. Um, cool. 
and they'd managed to saccharine this thing up so much with so much sugar that you would not think this was a Rolling Stones song as long as your bum pointed to the ground. The band was called Cheek. They originally were called Punks, then they changed their name to Cheek and then they changed their name again after that to, you know, never to be seen again, I think. Um, but the oh. song the song was called So Much In Love. It's number 27 on this chart. Uh, and they're one of those Sydney bands that Glenn A. Baker had something to do with, I think, in naming uh. them and sort of for helping them choose the song that they decided to do. And I listened to a version of this song by a band called The Mighty Avengers, which isn't a bad version of it, but this, So Much In Love, just a just an absolute uh, cup of tea with twenty five sugars in it. Just ugh, ugh. so you're saying Glenn A. Baker hasn't got a clue about music, mate? Didn't say that. I, he, I think That's he, what you're implying. I think he named them, and I think he helped choose the songs. I think a lot of bands went to him. A lot of Sydney bands went hey. to him and said, "Can you help us find a song that'll fit what we're doing?" And they wanted to be like a sixties pop band. This mob. Well, let's go to the judge here, Kev. Bonnie, mm-hmm. are you hearing that Kev is saying that oh, this is all Glen A. Baker's fault? That's what head. I'm hearing. <laughs> you know, you know. I was having this discussion the other day that no one's ever seen Glen A. Baker and Kevin Hillier in the same room together. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, either hate right. each other or they're. They're the one and the same person. No, I'm, so. I'm a fan of Glenn's work. I think Glenn's one one of the is one of the great rock minds of our time. To be honest, in terms of knowledge, you know what I say about Glenn A. Baker? I've said this before. Yeah. Fair enough. If there was another well-known Glenn Baker in the music game or whatever, but drop the friggin' A. I don't know any <laughs> other Glenn Baker, so I don't need the A. <laughs> Yeah. It's a pretty good call, Fonny. What's he trying to prove, Kev, with the A? I don't know Brian A. Mannix. I've got no idea. Brian F. Mannix, thank you, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if if my name was Brian Mannix, I'd I'd use the initial not to be confused with you. (laughs) Exactly right. Take that as you will. Yes. Well, most people... Yeah, that's like Earl J. Wagadort. Who was the other Earl Wagadort? <laughs> very yeah. Good, very good point. Very good Thurston point. Thurston Howell didn't put a letter in there, did he? Is it Thurston Howell the third? Not Thurston W. Howell. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, right. I mean, and, and about that prostate ad, have you ever had a prostate check? Yeah, of course. I'm doing one right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I, I went to the doctor, got the old, you know, Put the old glove on and the way he went, and he said, "Oh, don't like that." And I said, "I'm getting a second opinion." <laughs> they stuck another finger in. Yeah, thank you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. which of course brings <laughs> me to. <laughs> God. And then he sailed it and he goes, you want a third smarter? <laughs> <laughs> and you said, what am I, a bowling ball? <laughs> oh, God. You know what, really, the, the trouble with it was, Kev, and I hope you don't mind me sharing this, um, Barney, but uh-huh. Barney kept coming back to get another prostate test. And in the end, the doctor got on him when he sort of rolls up with flowers and a bottle of champagne. <laughs> for my prostate check again, sort of, doctor got a bit w- weary about that. Yeah. Well, hey, mate, you claim it back on Medicare. It cost you like, <laughs> you're out of pocket by, by $4.20. You, yeah. you, go, you go to the rub and take, it costs you 150 oh, st- <laughs> Well, I've been trying to. I've been trying to charge my time up at the Oriental Plum on Medicare, and so far I'm having no luck. Oh, is that right? 
Um, mine you're happy you started all this, Kevin? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez, I'm glad I brought up that I'm, prostate, eh? Uh, I'm really not having a good show. I'm not, I am. <laughs> I'm not talking about the prostate, Ed. I'm talking about the whole podcast. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, well, look, it's my fault. I'm sorry. Uh, well, oh, the whole podcast might finish I thought I woke me up an hour earlier than I needed to be, and uh, I'm just being cranky. So sorry. sorry, I apologise. Sorry, Brian. Sorry, Brian. Sorry, Brian. Good. My number three, you know. good... Can, yeah. I, can, can I get to that? So um, angry. Yeah, well, t- shh. <laughs> shh. Roy, Roy Orbison wrote this and uh, he did a version of it and it wasn't bad, but this woman's version of this, and I, my first look at this chart when I looked at it, I thought there's so many hideously bad cover versions of old songs in this, Smokey and Leif Garrett and uh, Santa Esmeralda and all these people have all done these cover versions of uh, 60 songs in a 70s chart, and I thought, it's bloody awful. But then I found one little gem, and it's Linda Ronstadt's Blue Bayou. I think uh, her voice, just beautiful, and uh, she sings this song magically. I love it. So that's my number three good. She's going back someday. Come on, mate. To Blue Bayou. Yeah. yeah, just beautiful, beautifully sung. All right, number two for you, Brian. What do you got? Um, okay. My number two good one. Number two. <laughs> It's my old mate Graham Parker, who I think is largely undervalued. New York um, Shuffle. New York Shuffle. Yep. Um, I think that's not as good as protection or, hey, Lord, don't ask me questions, but I just like the vibe of his music and the attitude, the way he sings. He's got this sort of attitude. It's cool. Yep. So he's my good one. And my bad one. Is Australian, and I don't like, as you say, Kevin, but number 37, Standing in the Rain. Um, it sounds exactly the same as Love is in the Air, and just lyrically, it just did nothing for me. Oh, babe, let me stand in the rain where you were drinking a cup of coffee. Who yeah. cares what she's drinking? Yeah, no, I didn't like it. Yeah, um, yeah it, was almost, it was almost the musical equivalent of a sequel, wasn't it? I think Standing in the Rain came out first. Um, in my countdown play, we used to do a thing where I can't do it anymore, I can't get the rights. Right, right now, here's John Paul Young, let's have a quick reminder, and he's going, oh, babe, boom, 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 and then cuts back to Molly, and he goes, now he's gone in a totally new dif- direction, this is totally going to blow your mind, yeah. have a listen to this. Boom, 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 yeah. yeah. Anyway, it is a bit. It is right. a bit of the same old, same old. Righto, Finally, number two for you. Okay, so number two. I'll go number two. Bad. It, it's a. Uh, you mentioned this. It's it's a quinella of. You know, there's a, a, a word in Yiddish called chutzpah, which means cheek, or you know, just just you know more front than Myers. I mean, Lace Garrett. Just, yeah. You know, oh, what I'll do is, I'll we'll get this kid, and he looks, you know, gorgeous in nineteen seventy-eight, little chunky surf kid. He was anything but, obviously, and he's, you know, he's got two next to each other, don't he? Mm. Doesn't he? I should say, running around still and surfing USA. Yep. You know, they're not his songs, and he quickly became dated. And I reckon that, you know, the inferior versions of decent songs and, 
was all it was all about money, people. That's yes, the problem. it was. They created a little pop star and off he went and he was in a couple of films and uh, then I think he, he fell into a uh, haze of uh, drugs and all sorts of things. So I don't know how. Correct. I don't know how well he's yeah. shaping up these days. But no, yeah. good good, it, uh, good selection. It, it's not all so bloody innocent now, is it, Lace? <laughs> and, <laughs> and you've still got the stupid name. Yes. All right, so... <laughs> Now, number two, good. As I said, I was starting to be able to get my own music, etc., etc. Now, this is fair income. I remember this. I remember hearing this song, and obviously not concentrating too much on who it was by. And I remember going to buy some singles when I was 13. I bought Foreigner Cold Desire. That's not the song, and I don't really like that now. But I, I was in Brashers in the city, and the girl serving me had a hell of a time going through all of Elvis's albums trying to find Rock's the Detective. Oh. <laughs> Eventually, we worked out it wasn't Elvis, it was Elvis Costello. Yeah. And it's a great song, and I still love it. So that's yeah. number two. Good choice, Barney. Good Absolutely. Choice. Yeah, great song. Well, I watched, uh, I had to listen to it again last night. That drum sound they get in that is excellent. I love the drum sound, and that's really It's a beauty. It's a, a really good song. Really good song. Righto. You know, you know what I used to say about Elvis Costello? No. He was looking for the cross between Buddy Holly and your turn, Kev. Buddy Holly and? No one. He just looked like Buddy Holly. Yeah, he? he did look like Buddy Holly. No, he did. I thought he looked a bit like Eartha Kitt. Anyway. <laughs> Depends how much you've had to drink. I think everyone looks like Eartha Kitt to you sometimes, Brian. Uh my number two bad. Uh, oh, I'm going to save that one up for number one because uh, I because <laughs> I really did hate that. Um, I'm going to chuck in. Um, oh God, you could pick. There's there's so many you could pick here, um, but I have to say I'll go with the the number five song on this chart. Bonnie Tyler, it's a heartache. Sorry, it just sounded like she was in pain the whole way through it. Couldn't couldn't get interested in the song and just. She sounded like she'd gargled with uh, with broken glass, and it yeah yeah it it just never it never worked for me never worked for me. and we played the bejesus out of it so that wasn't one I was uh, fond of uh, and my number two good uh, love watching the detectives love two four six eight motorway couple of great songs um, uh, I love uh, this masquerade by George Benson that's a really good song. Uh, nobody does, but I love that too. But I'm going to stick in Billy Joel's Just The Way You Are because I just think, um, and I know, Brian, you do not like Billy Joel, but that is... No, I don't. That is one of his really, really good songs, the early early stuff. I like. Yep. I love a lot of that early stuff that he did, and that is that is that's a, just a great love song, just a really good love I song. Think, I agree with you, Kev. Um, as you said, I don't like Billy Joel, but I think that's one of his best songs. Yeah, so I'm, I'm happy with that. I think he sings it well, and it's a, it's a good song. It, uh, and I, I do I do like the early Billy Joel stuff. I really did enjoy um, a lot of that stuff. All right, uh, and Brian. I'd just like to say, Ken, if I may, yes, when I say that that Billy Joel is one of his best songs, and I like it, I just want you to know that there is no plastic gun being held to my head <laughs> as I say that. Okay. <laughs> I actually <laughs> genuinely mean that. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. Well, give us your number one good and bad. Well, my number one bad is short people because oh, okay. it didn't bother me that much when it first came out, but now that we're in this woke thing and everybody's offended by everything, I think, well, why the hell shouldn't I be offended? Here's, 
a song about hanging shit on somebody's physicality, you know, hanging shit on their behaviour by all means. But, you know, it's, it's, it's racist. It's a form of racism. Can so, I ask a question? Can I ask a question? You just did ask a question. Well, I'm, about to, I'm about to ask the second one. Are you as outraged uh, about the song Fat Bottom Girls as you are about the song Short People? If I was a fat bottom girl, I'd have every right to be pissed No off. way. Fat bottom girls, they make the rockin' world go round. <laughs> well, yeah, at least they've got yeah, a reason like, to like, live. Yeah, it's like Baby Got Back, you know, they love fat bottom girls. But this bloke says no reason to live. The only thing I'll say about short people, and I said this on radio once, I said, I'm so sick. It is so hackneyed and pathetic that they roll out Carol Braithwaite at the Cox Plate every year to sing horses. I said, if I was there, as they were all coming onto the track, I'd play <laughs> short people and see what the jockey thinks. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you're going to play that song, that's the place to play it. Yes. Yep. You don't you don't see Randy Newman's satire at all, Brian. You've you've glossed over that. Oh, look, I think at the time it was probably okay, yeah. um, but you know. Yeah, yeah, I think, no, fair, you enough. Know, fair enough. Yeah, you know on. what was gutless about Randy Newman and that song? And I remember uh, thinking it. I remember thinking, yeah, maybe a few years later, is that satire or not? Is he short or is he tall? But he sang the whole song sitting in a piano, and I could never work out. Honestly, stand up so I can know where you are, mate. <laughs> well, he was hanging shit on, what's the um, the little blonde guy that was a songwriter? Paul Williams. He's in Phantom of the Parrot. Paul Williams. He's yeah. hanging shit on him. That's yeah. what the song's yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, it's, a, yeah, it's a bitch letter. Yeah, basically. Anyway. It's two mates having a joke and he turned it into a song. There you go. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. And by the way, Ooh. and I'm speaking on behalf of all of us. Another thing, yes, go, Bonnie. I'm furious about this too. Yeah. We're what all around the old men. <laughs> Not Randy Newman. Randy Old. Yes, exactly. Randy right. Old Man. <laughs> Correct. Good. Randy Old Man. Oh, I like that name. I might have to go and do some gigs under the name of Randy Old. Well, you've got a few gigs coming up. I see that on social media, apart from you putting, oh. getting arrested for no, I've got one. I've got one this week. But I've got a TV ad next week, so anyway. Oh, my number one best one. Yeah, are you going to get to um, that? Well, yeah. We're going to be watching The Detectives, but. I'm glad that that's been mentioned, so I'm happy to stick this one in instead. Um, it's probably not the best song in the thing, but I really like this song, Ebony Eyes. Oh, well. I reckon that's a pretty cool song. Yeah, I reckon it's pretty cool. Good, um, good guitar riff. Someone pointed that out in the feedback we got on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Really good guitar riff. He was the guitarist in Fleetwood Mac for a little while. Yeah, that's right. Um, and that's probably why I like it because, I was probably playing guitar, learning to play guitar when it came out. So, but yeah, I like Ebony Eyes. Number one for you, Mr. Fine. All right, number one, bad. Now, you know, a lot of my number one band is bad by bands or, or solo singers that I've really never heard of. And they've said, you know, I listen to it and I think, what absolute outrageous crap that is. <laughs> but even worse is when I get betrayed by somebody I like. Ooh. I hate betrayal. And I tell me about it. I love there you go. <laughs> I love the Beatles, but I love Port McCartney and Wing. And every friggin' second song 
every time I turn on the radio. You know, even Molly on Countdown had to play it non-stop. I think must have got the number one. Or yeah. that friggin' Mullet Kintyre. Oh, my God. Yeah, I have God, to agree. I hated that. Have to agree with you. One of the most god-awful, boring songs of all time. <laughs> yeah. And Denny no, Lane. I thinking about it. I was just fell asleep. Denny Lane wrote most of it. Did he? And then the shop. Yeah, he did. They wrote it over a bottle of scotch at Paul's farm. And wrote the song, then it comes out as a Paul McCartney song. And then Denny Lane comes up to Paul and says, Hey, Paul, you know, hey, I, I co wrote this song. You know, I wrote the chorus. He only sort of wrote the verses. You know, shouldn't I be getting the credit? And, he, and Paul McCartney apparently has said, You should value just being able to work with me. Oh. Yeah. He got JoJo Lane, tipped the biggest bucket on Paul and Linda in a Hustler. I was reading the articles in Hustler. Yeah, and, um, <laughs> of course you do. And that—that's where I got that from. But she said it was, yeah, they, yeah. Anyway, well, there's a new, there's a new, ripped off. there's a new book out that uh, Paul's gone through all the lyrics of all these songs. I wonder, I'll, I'll be intrigued to find out uh, what he's said about Mullivkin type. But yeah, you're right, Finding. Bloody awful song, a dirge, a Dreadful. dirge, a dirge at best. Yeah, and I knew a lot of idiots growing up who were potheads. I hated marijuana, by the way. And a couple of them actually went to Scotland thinking Tim Tyre had the best mull in all of the whole world. <laughs> oh. oh. Goodness me. That, and that you, and didn't you, go any good. Your number one good? I love this song so much. God, I loved it. I've heard it in many years. It was actually written in 1923 or something. Um, I like the Spider-Bait version. Don't get me wrong. But this, you know, you talk about songs that come out of the radio and hit you in the face and oh, wake you up. Did this one ever? <laughs> I loved Black Betty. God, it was good. Yeah, still is good. Yep. I don't know what happened to Ram Jam. You know, and you talk about songs, the words being cruel. <laughs> Listen to the words of this. Oh my yeah, God. Yes. Then he had a child. The damn thing went wild. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it wasn't mine. We're not a man. Damn thing went blind. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's wrong in so many ways. But, Correct, but, but it's not. The, it's, it's a ripper. It is the most one of the instantly turn upable songs of all time. Yeah, I still love it. I thought just the, you know, it was, it was an old black refrain. You know, I've heard the. If you can go on YouTube and get the old scratchy version. You know, the, the, I don't know who the. The old black thing I was. Yeah, but, no, need to um, But it's this scratchy old thing. It's more half poem, half song. Yeah. But I think it is more did it. <laughs> this, this mob. <laughs> this mob brand jam found it and, you know, oh, yeah, I loved it. Still oh, yeah. love it. Reckon yeah. it's a bit, re- actually, reckon it's a bit groundbreaking, I do. Yeah, it is. No, good song. Good song. And the, the longer version's the better one, too. I really like the longer version. Uh, there was a two-minute 59 version that the radio played mostly, but there was a longer version, which was which was really good as well. Now, my number one, uh, good and bad. Num- bad's easy. I said this was a chart full of bad cover versions, and you mentioned Leif Garrett, and he, he deserves mentioned Smokey deserve a mention with needles and pins. Uh, but by Jesus, Santa Esmeralda's um, desecration of "Don't Let Me Be Misunderstood" and turning it into a a, a mindless piece of uh, disco crap 
uh, takes the cake for me every time. What an awful bloody version of that song. Loved the original Animals version, but that is just horrible, Santa Esmeralda. Um, haven't missed them. As someone mentioned, don't miss Santa Esmeralda. I think they meant that in a positive way. I meant it in a negative way. And my number one, good, could have been any one of about six others. I really love the babies, isn't it? Time. Um, but I'm going to go local. I'm going to go with uh, Kenny Francis tells me that the, when they recorded this song, Kenny didn't record it, uh, when the band recorded this song, the lead singer was so thrilled with what they'd done that he uh, raced home to his uh, parents' place in Mount Waverley with a cassette copy of it and search, searching the house for a cassette player to be able to play them uh, the final mix version of Women in Uniform by Skyhooks. Oh, yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, good. Great That's song. That's punching your bat over. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, and on that note, we shall finish. Uh, so there you go. That's uh, that's mine. But uh, there's uh, any number like of it, yeah. other songs in there that you could have whacked in this. Really good song. There was uh, a lot of good Aussie songs. And a player, Baby Come Back, I really liked that song too, but couldn't fit in anyway. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I didn't put that one in. Yeah, that's got Ron Moss, who was Ridge in uh, Bold and the Beautiful oh. for many years. He's the bass player in that band. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I watched the clip last night and he's uh, he, he just looks like he did in uh, in Bold and the Beautiful, but he was the bass player in that band. And, that, and a couple of the members of that band too with the Little River Band out here um, many years ago now, I think. Oh. Uh, all right, well, that's it, boys. Thank you. Uh what? I just got something to say, Kev. Oh, no. I'm sorry for being so cranky this week, <laughs> but rest assured, I'm about to find love in about two minutes' time. Right. And I'll be in love because I've just signed up to eHarmony and I've been on for 12 minutes. <laughs> and apparently, every 14 minutes, somebody finds love. So, as soon as, this is, as soon as this is over, I will find love and I'll tell you all about it on next week's show. We look forward to that. Thank you, Finey. Have a great week. Uh, Brian, have a much better hey, week. Hey, Kevin. Yes. I, I love when you sort of send out the notification for this on Twitter. Play on, it's always really brilliant. Can I have a crack at this week's episode? Absolutely. Here it is. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Okay. Brian hates the Volkswagen. <laughs> Finey hates Larry Bloody, and Kevin Hillier hates Santa. Yes. That's it. Yeah, we don't. That'll be good. That works for me. I'll put that up. How can you hate Santa? Shocking. <laughs> uh, good on you, boys. We'll talk to you next week. Take care. Goodbye. Yeah. Here comes love. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.